according to human logic, the church could have, should have, would have died. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not human logic nor human ways that keeps the church alive. Yeah. It is the church of Jesus Christ, and it is the movement that God has instituted yeah. to be his plan A to redeem a people unto himself. Yeah. Hey guys, and welcome to the Chasing Elephants podcast. My name is Brent Crow, and as always, I'm joined by Jeff Wallace. If life is a journey, we want to help you journey well. If life is a story, we're here to help you tell a good one. <laughs> hey man it's always good when you can just open up a podcast yes, and just crack up laughing yeah. because the truth of the matter is ladies and gentlemen this is how it is how it is our lives man. how it we is have fun together what's up what's, what's up what's up <laughs> so let me be official welcome to another episode, episode of the chasing Jason. elephant podcast hey guys man it's so good to be with you uh brent man we're still together yes and sir so you haven't gotten rid of me i'm we grateful yeah, I'm grateful. I actually got a chance to celebrate. You know, this August was my seventh year I know. here at Student Leadership University. I man, know. I can't believe it's been seven years. Bro. I can't either. It's man. hard to believe. And without getting into too much detail, because we'll do that at another time. Because I really want us to focus on this. This you have helped build a lot, and I'm mm. not just talking about programming and butts and yeah. seats and things like that. I'm talking about culture as well. Yeah. So there's I a lot to celebrate, man. It's yeah, a lot man. to celebrate. Appreciate you, brother, man. Listen, I'm having a blast, dude. This is, it is fun. It is fun, man, and stuff. But but guys, guys, we're about to start a very fun series, mm-hmm. Brand. I, I when you came up with this, I was like, dude, this is phenomenal, and um, I love because we typically try to deal with ethical issues, current. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, topics or trends, things that are happening in culture, fun stuff. But but the truth of the matter is, brother, we are uh, preachers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. We love God's word. We love not only um, just preaching God's word and teaching God's word, but just honestly studying and walking yeah. through uh, uh, the scriptures and figuring out how um, these historical moments in, in biblical history, how they are relevant today and mm-hmm. what can we learn from it. And so as we were talking about that, it was like, man, what if we did a series entitled Defining Moments, these mm-hmm. pivotal moments in biblical history Right. And and what we can learn from those moments and and how we ourselves navigate, you know, moments in our own lives right. and stuff. And so we thought, man, let's just do that. Let's spend a yep. couple of weeks and just walk through uh, a few moments. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. there are a gazillion yeah. moments in biblical history, but let's walk through a, a few uh, stories and moments in history and just kind of kind of bring them into 2023 and how they're relevant today and and, uh, and so I'm excited about these next couple of weeks, brother. Me too. Me too. Next five weeks, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, <laughs> I think a couple, yeah, five weeks. It's yes. a five. It's it a five is, parter, a five, my brother. It is a five parter. Yes. And so you know, hey, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know yeah. if you were like going to fire me after a couple of weeks. No, or, no. You know, it's like 
So. Well, I made sure I got my commentaries and uh-huh. got my word and uh-huh. all that stuff. And so, man, listen. But but five weeks, we're going to walk through these these pivotal moments in, yeah. in history and, and how, uh, Brent, they really kind of help us when we think about it, these these defining moments, mm-hmm. how we can see them through our own lives, through our mm-hmm. own leadership journey. And, and what can we learn yeah. from these moments, these uh, these characters and, and scripture that we're going to study? And so so I'm excited about it. And I think today, man, we're going to start in the book of Acts. Yeah. You know, so the first moment, uh, if we're going to go, OK, what are what are some moments in our journeys that that we've got to we've got to be able to focus in on? We've got to be able to go, OK, here's what the wind looks like. Here's what yeah. obedience to the faith looks like. Yeah. in that moment and one is moments of opportunity yeah um, and there's an opportunity in the early church that uh, to be quite honest with you for me, and I don't know if anybody else is guilty of this for mm. me I had read past it a lot mm, same it just yeah. was one of those deals Absolutely. where you just go and I don't know if it's because you don't want to ever throw shade on the church that was in Jerusalem <laughs> right. or if it's because Paul's such a big deal mm-hmm. once we get to the missionary journeys but yeah but there's this guy named Barnabas yeah, yeah. who played a pivotal role and who was given an opportunity, mm-hmm. and that opportunity was a catalyst yeah. to the to the church planning, mission-sending, movement of Christianity-going yeah. activity that would happen throughout the rest of the New Testament. Yeah, yeah. And that occurs in Acts chapter 11. Uh, we're just going to pick up in, in verse 19. Yep. I'll read it, and then we'll just kind of break some things down together. Gotcha. And uh, I'm old school. Uh, today I'm reading from the the New King James version, so please forgive me if if you're if you're New Living or if you're you know the Message or the yes, whatever or I don't know CSD English Standard ESV. Or, you know, or you know. I, I I preach from them all, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But this is the one that I grabbed on the way out the door this morning. Um, he said, "Now, now, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. Now, Antioch is going to become the kind of the big." Mm-hmm. The big deal here in just a moment. Preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. Mm-hmm. So we got Jesus. He was yeah. a Jew. The, the the message is being preached to other Jews. Yep. But some of them were from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they came to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists. Now, Hellenization was a, 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 a thing that happened, a, you know, 250-ish yeah. years prior to this where you would have, uh, as 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 the Roman Empire would conquer, mm-hmm. it would Hellenize, which is to say it would, it would force upon those that had conquered to adapt certain aspects of re- Greek culture. Yeah. And the reason for that is so that you could connect the whole world. Yeah, yeah. So they wanted, the biggest one was taxes and language. The biggest two were taxes and language. Mm-hmm. And so if you paid taxes and you spoke our language, we're going to let you hang on to some of your rituals and some of your customs and some of your, but whenever you see this, we're, you know, the Hellenists, we're, we know that these are not yeah. Orthodox Jews. Right, right. Right. And so so spoke to the Hellenists preaching the Lord Jesus. Now now we're talking about people other than Jews here right. in the gospel. Right. That's very important. And so verse twenty one, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now or then mm-hmm. news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. Now obviously Jerusalem had just played a pivotal role 
right uh in 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 the narrative that is the great story i mean like this the climactic role of the the death and the burial and the resurrection of jesus right and, so not taking anything away from jerusalem right but very quickly the church of jerusalem had become the church mm-hmm. that determined what yep. was yeah right like he died here he rose here so we get to determine what is yeah and by the way in john he sent us back into jerusalem yes he so did. here we we hear right yep. and so i'm not saying they were a little full of themselves but they were <laughs> a little bit right uh full of themselves and so um and so anyways then these news of these things came to the ears of the church of jerusalem and they sent out barnabas as to go as far as antioch so they've chosen a guy now barnabas was from cyprus right uh he was quick to sacrifice and and share what he what he had we saw that in acts chapter four mm-hmm. uh he was fluent in greek um he was the he was the first person a couple chapters earlier to mm-hmm. introduce paul to the apostles yeah um and he was chosen to be the delegate to investigate the concerns that the church in Jerusalem have mm-hmm. over what was happening in Antioch. Yeah. Most scholars believe, and I've read very few that would ever disagree with mm-hmm. this, that you had these Jewish Christians in the church of Jerusalem who were there when yeah. Jesus was crucified, buried, and was resurrected, and were really still holding on to some of those Jewish traditions, mm-hmm. the biggest one being circumcision. Yeah. And so now Gentiles coming to faith they're not thinking about circumcision. Yeah. They don't care. They're, yeah. they're, so if this is the circumcision denomination, right, right. this new thing is the non-circumcision yeah, right, denomination. Right. Yeah. Right? And they sent out Barnabas. So he's trusted, but he speaks the language. Mm-hmm. He can go out and he can go figure out what's going on. And when he came, and excuse me, verse 23, when he came and had seen, I love the way this, this is worded, seen the grace of God. Mm-hmm. Now, now, I mean, it was undeniable. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. grace of Jesus was at work here. He was glad and encouraged them mm-hmm. all that all, encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue mm-hmm. with the Lord. In other words, he didn't bring. He didn't go. Okay, you know what? I was sent with a questionnaire. I need to figure out what your views are on circumcision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to figure out where you stand on taxes. I need to figure out what you know about the history of the Jewish religion. Yeah. None of those things. Mm-mm. He just rejoiced. He did. He joined in the party. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and of faith. Now, mm-hmm. let's stop right there, Jeff. Yep. If I die one day, and the only thing that my tombstone reads, he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. Right. That's a, that's yeah. a life yeah. well yeah. lived. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a great many people, the Bible says, were added to the Lord. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch, and it was, and so it was that for a whole year mm-hmm. they assembled with the church and taught a great many people, and the disciples were first called Christians in, in Antioch. Antioch. So yeah. Antioch, not the Church of Jerusalem, becomes the mission sending city yeah. for the early church and the movement of Christianity, yeah. and it all is kind of wrapped in this event or opportunity yeah. uh, in which Barnabas, who is a trusted leader, yep. was sent out yep. to go uh, speculate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I'm going to be honest with you, the church in Jerusalem were looking for something probably to criticize about what was yeah. happening in Antioch. Yeah. Charles Spurgeon would, would, would say it this way, one of the greatest obstacles the Christian religion ever overcame was 
was prejudice mm. that possessed the minds of its earliest followers. And he's talking about those Jewish followers. He's not he's not throwing j- shade on mm-hmm. anybody who is Jewish. Yeah. He's saying, and we all have obstacles to come overcome. Yeah. He's saying they had an obstacle to overcome. And yeah. the biggest one was this prejudice yeah. that there's going to be some Christians right. that are not going to hang on to some of the traditions that we hang on to. Exactly. So there's a lot we can learn from this opportunity, Jeff, but this one was was a moment of, if we're looking at defining moments, yeah. there are going to be moments of opportunity. The question becomes, and, and, and you and I have so, mm-hmm. something to say about this, but the question becomes, what does this event, mm-hmm. what does this opportunity teach us yep. about how to step into and steward the opportunities that are granted to us. Yeah, yeah. And I love this. Now, in, you know, uh, I know you have three questions that you, you're going to ask us in this and kind of walk us through. But what I love, Brent, is in the in the middle of this, as we look back at what happened from really 23, excuse me, 21 uh, to uh, 24, 21 through 24, is this experience that you really are reminded of how, you know, when um, when uh, Barnabas really experienced the grace of God and just the impact of it and, and how, you know, what was within him is what came out of him and how he encouraged. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it is also not, we're not going to just talk about the opportunities, but just Barnabas' willingness to just, you know, have this encounter and experience with God that he was willing to share. And then he went out. Right. He went out to search for Saul. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and we can, I mean, there's so much more in context we can, we can say, but I love, so I have the, the, the CSB, you know, just because it's the one I, yeah, <laughs> the improved. <laughs> Well, no, it's just it's the one translation. It was the first one on my office desk there. And, hey, listen, uh, I just <laughs> grabbed. I grabbed what I grabbed, and, I <laughs> um, and and and. But here is the thing: what I love is that when he um, got to Antioch, when Barnabas got to Antioch, and he saw the grace of God, he mm-hmm. saw what was what was going on—the grace of God. That the the natural outcome, mm-hmm. or excuse me, the response, the right. natural response, Brent, uh, from him was that he was glad, he was encouraged, he remained true to the Lord. With with a firm resolve in his heart. Mm-hmm. And so here is the thing. Um, when we have a, a spirit of total surrender, right. then it opens up the opportunities. We really begin to see great opportunities before us. Because what if he didn't have this posture or disposition mm-hmm. as he arrived to Antioch? Right. You know what I'm saying? What if I mean what if he had a, a completely different attitude? I don't know that um 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 uh, that large numbers of people would have been at it, right. you know. And so I think, you know, it, one one of the things I take away from this, I know we're going to look a little bit deeper, is our disposition impacts our fruitfulness in ministry. Yeah, it does. You know, and how we approach moments and say that again. Our our disposition, how we how we kind of have our own resolve and our walk and our disposition, our attitude and in essence, it really impacts our fruitfulness in, in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're all seeking out or wanting to have great opportunities. Yeah. I mean, it's easy for us to study acts. It's easy for us to go to chapter two, you know, it's easy for us to read, you know, and chapter four and things where the Lord added to the church. But really at the end of the day, Brent, you know, it was, I believe it was the heart of, of um, Barnabas that really 
uh, impacted the fruitfulness of what was happening here in Antioch. Yeah, it did. You know, and so I, I love that little snippet that you see the story within the story. Yeah. You know, of, of how the Lord used uh, uh, Barnabas, but Barnabas also um, had a, a healthy disposition mm-hmm. uh, once he really saw the grace of God. When mm-hmm. you have an encounter with God, man, it should not only change the trajectory of your life forever, but it's also impact your attitude and your willingness to want to, you know, um, be true to God's word and to share your faith without fear. Right. You know, and so so I love I love this story. And then um, and then I just love, like I said, in verse number four. Um, 25 now, after everything that happened in 21 through 24 then mm-hmm. he searches for Saul then he goes and gets yeah this is a, this is such t- the first thing that jumps off the kind of first idea I should mm-hmm. say that jumps off the page for me is okay we have a very established church in Jerusalem yeah and then you got these North African Greek-speaking mm-hmm. Gentiles mm-hmm. who come on down to Antioch yeah, yeah. <laughs> and start running their mouth about right. the goodness of God in Christ Jesus, huh. and go news f- gets back to Jerusalem. So go figure that. What in the world is <laughs> the first thing? That jump, the first idea that jumps off the page to me mm-hmm. is that no matter how hard we try, mm. we can never contain the gospel. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. so there is this. Yeah. There is this mentality mm-hmm. that most believe that verses 1 through 3 of Acts 11 t- shows that there is some some cynical bent to mm-hmm. the reason for sending Barnabas to Antioch. Sure, sure. Right? There is some, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was circumcision or something else, but there is some cynical bent to, but, but you got to understand, you chose the wrong yeah. guy. <laughs> Because Barnabas right. goes, I'm not, I mean, his name means encouragement or son of encouragement. Right. Barnabas didn't go to be cynical. He went to celebrate. Right. And the reason he went to celebrate, mm-hmm. now he could have been cynical if he'd have walked up. Yeah. And he would have, I, I guarantee you, if he'd have walked up and he would have seen them mm-hmm. worshiping false idols, yeah. he would have been cynical. Yeah. yeah. He would have been critical. Yeah. He would have went, everybody take a time out here yeah. for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody got something wrong in the message. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He yeah. walked up, and we did. What exactly did he see? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We just know he saw the grace of God. Yeah, and that. What What did that look like? Did that mm. look like? Did that look like people coming to Christ and being yeah. baptized? Maybe. Did it look like somebody taking care of somebody in need? Yeah. Maybe. Right. Did it look like a big giant worship service? Maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Did it look like a town that had come together and didn't have a bunch of different churches because yeah. they don't like where each other came from? Maybe. Yeah. It, all we know. Is it looked like a bunch of people who were living like citizens of heaven and Jesus yeah. was being celebrated and he went, I'm here for this. Yeah, yeah. This is what I'm here for. Oh, man. And so he didn't come to be cynical. Yeah. He came to celebrate. That's good. If you are looking for something <laughs> wrong, good you right will there. find it. Yeah. Say that one more time, man. That, that I love that as far as he didn't come to be cynical. Say that again. He didn't come to be cynical. He came to celebrate. Mm, and so he, he was looking for what God was doing, not for what man was doing wrong. That's good, man. And and I think... That's good. Can we be real honest about something? The church in Antioch was not perfect. Heck no. They probably had some quirks. (laughs) They probably had some weirdness to them. Which is why I believe that the Lord... There was probably some homeschool moms in Antioch. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. We homeschool our kids. (laughs) But I believe, Brent, 
that's exactly why the Lord used the church in Antioch. Yeah. You know, um, because of its imperfections, because yeah. of how it was seen in culture, you know. Oh, and, by the way, how many churches did the Church of Jerusalem plant? Mm, come on, man. <laughs> how many more missionaries do we see now coming out of the Church of Jerusalem? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. Get. There's a message: either either get on board with the movement, mm-hmm. or sit on the sidelines and watch it pass you by. Yeah, yeah, that's so good and so true. I love that. And so, so there's so much here, man. It's so so rich in content. And so, you know, one of the things I love is you. We were talking about this. You talked about the questions and mm-hmm. stuff. And uh, and so, if you were to to kind of process this this moment in history, to, yeah, uh, this moment of opportunity. How would you kind of synthesize it down, if you will, you know, based on yeah, what three we, questions. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think the the first question would be that I have to ask myself when when I'm going to be presented with opportunity or when I'm hoping to be presented with opportunity mm-hmm. is can I be trusted? Mm. Can I be trusted to represent God's desired will wow. with this opportunity? Yeah. In other words, God's wants for God's world. Mm-hmm. Can God trust me with and by the way, he God's not playing hide and seek mm-hmm. with his wants for his world. Yeah. You it's not like we have to go on some quest mm-hmm. to figure out what God wants. No, it is very clearly expressed to us yeah. in his word. Yeah. So what God wants for God's world, God, that's God's desired will. Mm-hmm. Can God trust me with that, mm. with the opportunity at hand? Yeah. Because it was very clear, Barn- uh, it was, well, very clear. We think it was clear mm-hmm. that Barnabas was trusted by the Church of Jerusalem right. to find something awry mm-hmm. with this, what's going on in Antioch. But he was trusted mm-hmm. by God yeah. to find out what God wanted for God's world. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And and it, it goes to this idea, man, you know, uh, based on what you just said that, you know, um, this, this, the standards of man is different than the status of God. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's what was the intent for for man mm-hmm. sending Barnabas to Antioch. But then you see the status shift, like the status of the church in Antioch shift yeah. because God's hand or the the Holy Spirit was there. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you talk about can we be trusted, you know, um it that that also comes to this idea is am I willing to surrender my will, mm-hmm. you know, to the wants of God, mm-hmm. you know, because for me to be trusted, you know, to ask, it's really, do I really trust God yeah. with every aspect of my life? And I think that is, that is the thing that is is so important. Again, going back to the fact that you know, when Barnabas, when when he got there, you know, when he got there, what 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 happened? He experienced and saw mm-hmm. the grace of God. But here's the thing. Jeff, I honestly, uh, let's give the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. that some of the leadership of the Church of Jerusalem, if they would have gone to Antioch and seen the same thing, they might have had the same experience. Fair. Here's That's the, fair. Here's the That's difference. Fair. Yeah. They didn't go. They Th- said there somebody. was no. I was just about to say <laughs> they didn't. They didn't have a. They didn't have the desired will to go. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it is. I think we can. We can always speculate and wonder. And that is pure speculation. Yeah. What I just yeah. said. Yeah. No. 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 Pure speculation. No. But I agree with you though, Brent. Is that you know would they have had the same experience? Would they have seen themselves? One, as I think it's twofold. Will they have? Would they have seen the grace of God mm-hmm. there? 
and then two, would they had respond to what they've seen? Because mm-hmm. it's one thing to to see it; mm-hmm. it's another thing to respond to it. Mm-hmm. Or would they would they still be cynical, even though? They saw it. I mean, we never know. But what we do know is that when when Barnabas saw it, mm-hmm. he was moved. Game over. Yeah. He, and he, game on at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So I love this idea and this question, excuse me, this question of, and I think we have to ask ourselves, you know, because we all want to experience different opportunities in life and ministry. Um, but the real question is, can we be trusted? Yeah. You know, can, I mean, the, and think about the guys that went there. These, mm-hmm. they, were Jew, they were Jewish North Africans mm-hmm. who spoke. Spoke Greek mm-hmm. and chose to deliver the message to Gentiles. Yeah, we don't have a paradigm for that yet in Scripture. Fair. Very there fair. is not a paradigm yet for that. Yeah, which is further proof you can't contain this thing. You can't. Like yeah. this is a movement. Yeah, yeah. Like everybody that's so war. Like th- that's one of the things that everybody get uh, with all the culture war mm-hmm. stuff that's happening. And I, I think we should care deeply about moral, yeah. ethical issues, sexual ethics, and political politics, and all the rest of it. I, yeah. I think we should care deeply. Mm-hmm. I think we should be involved in those conversations. Yeah. But there should be. There's no room for fear. Like, mm-hmm. like, like. There's no room for. For getting all caught up in, oh my yeah. God, what's going to happen? This is the end. This yeah. is it. Like, no. Yeah. Like, God will accomplish God's. Number one, God will not be mocked. Right. Right. And number two, he'll he'll accomplish what he wants. Yeah. To his accomplish. word will not return void. And so here's the deal. Yeah, I can use a paradigm you've never heard of. Mm. Somebody from a part of the world that was probably at Pentecost mm-hmm. or somebody they knew somebody at Pentecost yeah. and they have to, after the the, the 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 martyrdom of Stephen it was like mm-hmm. all right we're getting out of town we're going to go take this somewhere else yeah and but they're from a part of the world that's different they speak a couple different languages yeah. they left their part of the world to go to another part of the world yeah. i mean it's just it's just like yeah. what is this paradigm that is unfolding yeah. before my eyes and the reality is you know what there have been moments in history in which, according to human logic, the church could have, should have, would have died. Mm-hmm. But it's not its not human logic nor human ways that keeps the church alive. Yeah. It is the church of Jesus Christ, and mm-hmm. it is the movement that God has instituted yeah. to be his plan A, to redeem a people unto himself. Yeah. And so... I, I look at this and I go, what a great reminder that mm-hmm. no matter how much noise there is in the system about how bad things yeah. are, yeah. God's always got a paradigm mm-hmm. to further his movement. Yeah, and, and, and that movement can happen in the midst of Hellenistic people. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's good. I love So So number one is... Can I be trusted? Can I be trusted? Mm-hmm. Can I be trusted? Number two is, am I willing to celebrate what God is doing? Mm-hmm. In other words, am I willing to have the perspective that you were talking about? Not the perspective to criticize, mm-hmm. but the perspective to celebrate. Not the perspective to be cynical. Yeah. Not the question of what's wrong, but the question of what, what is redeemable, what is right. Mm-hmm. And so am I willing to be celebrating? And, and I would say, am I willing to quickly celebrate mm-hmm. what God is doing? Yeah. Not sit back and go, okay, let me gather yeah. some information. You guys keep partying. Yeah. I'm going to go figure out if I'm joining the party. Yeah. Because yeah. it's very clear what happens here in Scripture. 
it's immediate response yeah, from Barnabas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He rejoiced, and and I love what A.T. Robertson says in, in 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 his word studies. He goes on the the verb rejoiced. He commented that grace always brings gladness. Mm. So he saw the grace of God at work, so and it good. just it, it brought him gladness. There's there's only one real appropriate response to the grace of Jesus, and that is celebration. And mm. and sadly, celebration in an age of polarization gets kicked to the ter- to curb so many yeah. times. And I, I honestly think this, uh, Jeff, if we choose, number one, we will be known by what we mm-hmm. celebrate. Yeah, we'll either be known by what we celebrate or what we criticize. Yeah. And I'd rather be known That's for good. what I celebrate. That's so good. And so if we're known for what we celebrate and we are celebrating the redemptive work mm. of God in Christ Jesus, at mm. that point, what you are celebrating actually becomes a magnet for those who need it the most. Come on, man. That's so and good. And so there's opportunities that go that are going to come our way. And when those opportunities happen, am I willing to discover what God is doing? Yeah. And then to celebrate what yeah. God is doing. Golly, that's so good, man. I, I, Sorry I, if I preached a little no, bit. No, man, listen, I'm trying not to jump I'm trying to the, hold back. Well, listen, I'm trying not to jump <laughs> through the, the screen. I'm like, go, keep going, keep going. But no, I love that. And, and I think, you know, that which we we, we celebrate, mm-hmm. it gets amplified. And, and, and it, it is the thing that we began to see takes life you know it's at what we feed in essence what we feed mm-hmm. you know we give life to and so i love man when we celebrate the things of god then that gets amplified but then when we celebrate those things that you know this polarized culture and society love that's why we see on x you know right <laughs> you know right not twitter which is crazy but but on x i still we, call it twitter yeah i do too it's <laughs> but we see that people love People gravitate, Brent, to the polarization, the chaos, the divisiveness, the rhetoric. And and, and when you have that constantly being inundated in -hmm. culture and society, it becomes the norm because that is what's celebrated. But to your point here, when we flip that and we begin to celebrate the things of the gospel, we we begin to celebrate the move of God, the work of God, Mm -hmm. you know, then in turn what happens is you see you really begin to see the Holy Spirit truly at work and I think this is a very visible uh, uh, picture of that because of of how what was happening um, you know because the Bible says that you know um, Barnabas he was full of the Holy Spirit and then a faith and what happens because he was full of the Holy Spirit and a faith and because he was celebrate what God was doing right after that it's like you know what and large number of people were added to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you, it's, it's very evident that the byproduct of celebrating what God is doing is it is contagious and people want to come around that and mm-hmm. they want to join the celebration, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so I, I, I love that idea, the imagery of. As a preacher, I've got to ask myself this question. Am I preaching in such a way that people are amening others' sinfulness? Mm. Or am I preaching in such a way that they're amening God's redemptive work and how he can change and forgive? And sometimes so what am I, I think amplifying? If, if yeah. I, am I amplifying 
you know, a message mm-hmm. that is counterproductive to the movement of Christianity. And I, I, I got to be, that's I got to check myself as a preacher. That's good. I mean, there's right. times where we preachers are, would like to get off on a, ra- ra- you know, mm. I think we also need to remember is, is well, this is a rabbit trail. Yeah, that's okay. Forgive me. No, that's good. This is good. And it's one that could get, go down to a place where we might get a little feedback. Mm. But here's the deal. The paradigm was a new paradigm. Fair. And God will always bring forth a paradigm to expand his purpose. Excellent. Like, Absolutely. Like it, Absolutely. It's, you got these guys, they somehow were interacting in mm-hmm. Jerusalem. We know that because yeah. it's, they had scattered from the right. martyrdom of Stephen. They're coming down from North Africa, yet they're Jewish, yet they're, they've been Hellenized, yet they right. are going to talk to Gentiles. Mm-hmm. It's just this crazy paradigm. Yeah. In other words, the paradigm doesn't fit. And here's what I'd like to suggest. The paradigm should never fit human logic. Mm. And we, we in, in a polarized age, That's I'm just going to go ahead and use yeah. like eat low-hanging fruit that people like to a lot of times. Okay, so I celebrate that Roe v. Wade was overturned. Mm-hmm. I celebrate that on a federal level, abortion is no longer the law of the land. Mm-hmm. But that's an applied theology. Right. That is me applying the theology of the sanctity of human life. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, also, mm-hmm. now when, I, when I posted about uh, you know a year ago when that happened, I got all kinds of feedback, mm-hmm. a lot of positive, but also a lot of negative sure. from people on the other side of the aisle. Mm-hmm. I, in fact, I even had one person who said, "Well, I hope you care about, I hope you care about like orphans and and widows that way." Yeah. And the very previous post to that post was me and my family at the beach on vacation. Yeah. And three of my kids happen to be black. Yeah. So I, I and it's, so it's obvious they're adopted. So don't yeah. come at me like that. Yeah, yeah. You're just a troll or yeah. a bot. Yeah. Either way, you're a loser. Yeah. So, so, th- so, okay. So I celebrate, mm-hmm. but then at the same time, I turn around mm-hmm. and I celebrate mm-hmm. when we make progress to esteem those who have been oppressed in mm-hmm. our country. Yeah. Now, here's the problem yeah. with celebrating both of those things. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem with going, yes, I agree that Black Lives Matter. Mm. No, I'm not for that organization. Right. But I hear that cry. Yeah. And I weep with those who weep. Yep. Yep. And I celebrate the fact that we are, we are, we are trying to put an end to this abhorrent mm. evil yeah. called abortion. Why can't I celebrate both those things? Right. Because in our age, in our world, and in our culture, there's not a paradigm for that. Yeah. But as a citizen of heaven, that's my paradigm. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what the applied theology of a sanctity of human life looks like. Yeah. I care about the infinite value, thus I care about the temporal well-being of those who have been made in the image of God. And when I care about one over the it, other, brother. I'm nothing more than a hypocrite. You better preach it, and man. So Barnum goes, there's not a paradigm for this, Listen. but I'm going to celebrate. And those who were the paradi- the new paradigm, those Come who on, didn't man. fit the paradigm, Listen. say something to us today yeah. that you don't have to fit in existing paradigms on the right or the left or yeah. the middle of this or that or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. To fulfill the movement of God, to be part of the movement of God, and to fulfill God's wants for God's world. Because the only paradigm that should matter to you is Mm -hmm. citizen of heaven. Come on, boy. Let me tell you something. That was the rabbit trail. No, listen. I almost threw my shoe at you. Like that? (laughs) That right there? Because that is why do we... Because when we have a 
either or and not a both and paradigm and ideology, then what we do is we compromise the integrity of Scripture. Yeah. You know, because we believe, and I believe, you know, that God's word is a is a whole life word. You yeah. know, from womb to the tomb. And and so I agree with you, man. I all I say is, Amen. You right, and that's why you my brother. You know, <laughs> because we live in a world where tribalism has become our ideology and our paradigm, yeah. where you have to fit in this tribe. Because if you, because Brent, depend upon what side, what what day your post is, mm-hmm. you know, will you're automatically lumped to a left or a right. Yeah, you know, to a to a party or you know, or or, or what word you yeah, use? Exactly, it's just sad. It's sad. So yes, but man. Hey, but all here, I'll but, say. But when you good. esteem what <laughs> yeah. God's esteeming, come on, man, you're celebrating what matters to God. Yeah. And if I'm if I'm accused of celebrating what's valuable to God, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm good. But, I'm good. And that's question number two. Yeah. Am I joining in the party of what God's doing? Am I willing to celebrate mm-hmm. what matters? Yeah. To God. Question number three, because I know we're out of time, is do am, am I a source of encouragement with this opportunity? Am I using this opportunity to encourage? Yeah. You know, do I con- and a better way of saying it according to the text is do I continually encourage others because he exhorted or encouraged them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Now, encouraged, exhorted, depending on your translation, yeah, your yeah. CSB translation <laughs> over there. In either case, in the Greek, it's in the imperative active, which is a picture of continuous mm-hmm. encouragement. We don't even need to look at the Greek to figure yeah. that out because he went and got Paul and they stayed there for a full year. Right, right, so right. So there was this this is picture given to us of continual mm-hmm. day. I mean, I'm talking about the daily grind encouragement. Yeah. Like yeah. day in, day out, a source of encouragement. So not, not only can I be trusted with the opportunity, mm-hmm. not only will I choose to see and value what God values through and with the opportunity, but then number three, am I using the opportunity to be an encouragement mm-hmm. um, um, to others? Yeah, man, that's, let me just say, that was good, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean here's I the, there, there are moments, ladies and gentlemen, where, you know, Britt and I, we love to go back and forth, but, you know, there's moments where you just sit back and you're like, hey, I don't need to add or take away. That right there was good. Now, I love that idea, Brent, of really kind of helping us think through these mm-hmm. three questions mm-hmm. because, you know, it's one thing. And, and I'll be honest, I, transparent moment. I never, ever, ever read this text through that lens. Mm. You know, I mean, you, you read it and you have your own deal. You're kind of, you know, obviously wanting to properly exegete the text, but but looking at it through that paradigm and through that lens, man, is really, really good. And asking those questions, and I think those questions are significant as we talk about even in this series mm-hmm. of understanding those defining moments. Here we see this defining moment uh, that Barnabas had and, and, and what as you articulated so well, you know, what about this moment can we kind of attach to moments in our own lives when God right. will give us opportunities? But the million dollar question is, how will we steward mm-hmm. the opportunity that's before us? Right. You know, will we will we steward it the way that Barnabas did? Or will we be cynical, you know, and 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 um and unwilling to totally surrender and submit to the will of God and the work of God to ultimately bless the people of God? Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, I guess you could say one question to kind of summarize all three questions is: Is my life and the opportunities given a catalyst to further God's purposes? Mm. Because what happens out of this? Yeah, Paul gets raised up. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he's already raised up, but yeah. he gets trained up. Yeah, he gets trained he up. He went to school in yeah. Antioch, right? Yeah. He gets launched out. Yeah, he does. Three missionary journeys. The world's turned upside down. Mm-hmm. The rest is history. Yeah. And yet, there's this little bitty handful of verses you and I just read. Yeah. In which you go, whoa. Right, right, right. Jerusalem. And mm-hmm. in God's sovereignty, he used the church of Jerusalem to he send did. Barnabas out. Yeah, he did. And Barnabas goes out, and then Barnabas brings Paul, or Saul. I mean, it's just like, here yeah. we go. Yeah. I mean, and, and yet you go, wow, this, could it be? I wonder if everybody's so busy wanting to be Paul the celebrity that they're not willing to be Barnabas the friend. And wow. if you're willing to be Barnabas the friend, That's if you're good. willing to be Barnabas the catalyst leader, then God could use you to to accomplish more after your life than you could have ever imagined in your life. Yeah. And and so I, I think there's something to this this catalytic leader that he was that mm-hmm. played such a crucial role in the early church and there's so much to glean from that. Wow, what a great what a great statement, man. I mean we just said that it was like mm. That is so true. We celebrate Paul, and we, as we should. Yeah. You know, in all of uh, the, the amazing and powerful uh, letters that he wrote and the, and the work that he did. But, man, what about Barnabas the friend? Mm-hmm. You know, because could it be, and, and again, this is just speculating and just having a conversation, but without the friend, there couldn't be, there'll exactly. never be the celebrity. Exactly. You know, and. Uh, uh, he might have spent the rest of his life in Tarsus. Cause he went, cause, cause what did Barnabas do, Brent? He went looking, he searched for mm-hmm. Saul, you know, and brought him here and began to train him up and teach him and expose him and share and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and thousands of people were added to this moment, this, this year long experience. Yeah. Could it be that this, this, this one experience, this opportunity that Barnabas took and Paul and Saul in this moment had changed the trajectory of Saul's life yeah. forever? Yeah. Just because he was a good man full of the Holy Spirit. Dang. Woo! Hey, and this, my friend, and there we is go. Just, that's just <laughs> episode one. I mean, you know, part yeah. one of this episode. What? An incredible, powerful story, and so, so, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that um, one, you see where we're going with this, yeah. this series, and, uh, and and two, that you'll because you see where, where we're going with it, that you will make sure that you do everything you can to to stay on track with us. Uh, as always, uh, man, we want you to make sure you share our podcast, like, ring the bells, all of those things that you got to do. But but we just want to take you on a journey for the next five weeks as mm-hmm. we talk about the these defining moments in biblical history mm-hmm. and how they were just pivotal, pivotal, excuse me, uh, in, in, in within scripture, but how they're also applicable mm-hmm. um, in our everyday lives. And so, so man, thank you, brother, for that. Thank that you. was yeah. really, really yeah. good, man. Love that. And, uh, and as always, you can follow us at SLU. Uh, lead at SLU Lead. You can follow my brother at Brent A. Crow at Brent A. Crow. And you can follow me at I am Jeff Wallace. And as always, be intentional every day to be the best version of yourself. Until next week, we'll see you. See you next time. Peace. <laughs>